Hello, you are listening to No Such Word as Can't with me, Hazel McBride. I was always told growing up that there was no such word as can't, and I genuinely believe that that mentality instilled a belief in me that anything was possible if I just set my mind to it. As someone who started off with a seemingly impossible dream and somehow made it my reality, I want to help more people achieve their goals by giving them actionable advice, as well as sharing stories from others who have done the same. Today, I have the absolute pleasure of getting to chat to Megan about all things art, running your own business, and I'm so excited for her to share all of her knowledge with you guys. Welcome to the podcast, Megan. Hi, everybody. (laughs) So for those who maybe aren't familiar with you or your work, can you quickly introduce yourself? Well, I'm a watercolor artist. I'm American, and I specialize in fantasy, pop culture, illustration, um those type of paintings yeah and you forgot to mention that you're ridiculously talented Uh, thank you so much thank you (laughs) (laughs) when did you first realize that you enjoyed painting that you were creative artistic did that come from when you were a young child or did you find it later on definitely you could see signs of uh, being really creative when I was little But sometimes with little kids, it doesn't really stand out in the way that you may think it would. Like for me, I was doing like coming up with my own crazy outfits and I was laying like outfits all over the floor and I was like designing like Barbie dream houses like throughout my house. Like I love that. And, you know, I was just involved in like anything creative. Um, So my mom kind of saw that and she started putting me in art classes when I was really young. Oh, that's so wonderful to have such, you know, a supportive mom. I would be, I would not be anywhere (laughs) that I am without my mom. They are absolute heroes. Um, What do you think about, I feel like as children, the majority of children that I know of are, are very inherently creative. And I feel like as kids grow up, you're kind of told you've got to fit in a box or you've got to go and do this or you've got to give up your quote unquote hobbies, which might be drawing or painting to follow a different path. Did you have a moment when you were growing up that you thought, okay, yeah, painting's just a hobby and I'm going to go and have a quote unquote real job? Or did you always want to follow that? Definitely. um, I've always had so many different interests. So it's always been kind of difficult to like hone in on exactly what I wanted to do. But luckily with my job now, I'm able to combine kind of all those interests into one. Yeah. Um, You know, at one point I wanted to go into business. So that's, you know, didn't really, at the time I didn't see that involving, you know, being uh, corresponding with art, but it definitely helps now a lot. So. Yeah. So what age were you when you decided, you know what, I actually want to pursue art. Oh, still really little. I went to art uh, middle school and I went to art high school. So from then uh, I realized I wanted to do some sort of career in art, but I didn't really know that I wanted to do what I do now. So I started out, I wanted to be like an abstract painter and have my work in galleries and stuff like that. So um, definitely different from what I, the type of artwork I do now. What was the experience of going to an art school like? Um, it's, oh, it's a great place, especially if you think you want to pursue an art, uh, a job in art. It's amazing because you get those foundation classes, like the figure drawing and 
um, painting 101 and sculpture and you get a little taste of everything so that you can see what kind of art field you want to go into. Yeah. Amazing. Did you, I think there's a big focus on, oh, if you're, if you don't have the natural talent, you're never going to make it. How much of art do you think is inherent and how much of it is learned? (laughs) Oh, a lot of it's learned. (laughs) They always like the, the saying is it takes 10% 10% talent and 90% practice. And mm-hmm. that's, I, I see that all the time because especially um, even with what I do now, sometimes I'll take long breaks from art. Like I just was in Europe and um, for a few weeks and I didn't get to work on stuff. And as soon as I came back here, I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm so rusty. Like I need to practice. So even now I practice before I want to, before I start like a full painting, I'll do a lot of practice first. Oh, wow. So even after just taking like a vacation, you need to come back yes. and get back into it. <laughs> it's wow. not like I can just like get back and get into it. You have to practice again. So mm. it's really, and there's still so many classes you can take. Like I've been doing watercolor for years, but the other day I was trying to paint um, this lightning on a painting. And I was like, I don't really know how to paint lightning. So I looked up YouTube videos on how to uh, paint lightning with watercolor. And I'm like, even now I'm still learning and practicing. I love that. I love the thought that you never stop learning and you can never stop growing as an artist because so much of it is inspiration about what you see or what other people are doing. And, you know, I'm sure even on your trip over here to Europe, you were looking at things and going, oh my God, like I need to. Oh gosh. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) It was so beautiful. Yeah. It was so pretty over there. I wanted to, um, my dream is to like go there and just be able to have tons of time so I could just sit and paint all the stuff I see over there. That's my retirement goals. <laughs> oh, the dream. I'm the same. I'm like, I just want to, I want a little cottage in the Highlands of Scotland so I can just yes. write. Yeah. Oh, amazing. Yes. <laughs> I think that's a creative's dream. Um, yes. And I live in um, South Florida in the United States. So we can't really go outside and like paint here because you would get eaten to death with mosquitoes um and bugs I feel like the paint <laughs> would just fun. run off the canvas <laughs> yeah it would um it wouldn't really go over so well where I live <laughs> so you've mentioned a little bit um you found your style you enjoy painting watercolors specifically when did you find your style what was the process of you know was it a lot of trial and error how did you decide yeah. that was what you wanted to do um, it's funny you say that because I always kind of fought my style a little bit. Um, I always like would see, I naturally kind of gravitate to more like simplified styles and other people's artwork. And I love like those clean lines and just the simplicity, um, of certain like modern or certain, um, like abstract artists and stuff. That's a lot of my style. But when I go to sit down and do art, my style is totally the opposite. It's very like maximalism. Um, I call it like maximalism watercolor. <laughs> so I have been fighting that for years. And finally, I just woke up one day and I was like, you know, I should really just embrace what my style gravitates toward instead of trying to fight that, you know, so you can see, I guess, what patterns you start to do in your art and you could just take that and kind of roll with it. Yeah. And I also like the fact that you can have a different, not necessarily different taste, because I'm sure you also love the paintings that you produce, 
but you can love other yeah. people's style and still have a completely different style yourself. Exactly. Yeah. And that's, that's challenging because, um, you know, a lot of artists, they want to mimic someone's style. And mm. it's, I definitely think it's better to come up with your own thing. You know, like I love Mary Blair. She's the most famous one. I could, mm. uh, mm-hmm. You know, everyone loves Mary Blair. I would love to be able to paint like her, but I don't want to be a clone of Mary Blair. I see some similarities, actually, now that you've seen that. I was lucky oh, enough. Definitely in- like influences, but I definitely mm. would never want to have be a carbon copy of that. No, you know? no, no. I was lucky enough to visit the Walt Disney Family Museum in oh, San Francisco. Wow. And they had a big, I don't know if it's always there, but when we visited, there was a big Mary Blair exhibition um, oh that gosh. was on. So we walked through and we were like, oh my goodness. Like, and you could see so much of how her paintings inspired, you know, like Sleeping Beauty, oh, the movie yeah. and all of the, the backgrounds with all of the color. It really was, I mean, That's I'm not so an artist, beautiful. but like that, that was just stunning. Oh, and it was so innovative at the time. And, you know, who, who, like, we could be innovative like that today. You know, there's, you know, people amongst us that could be innovative like that also. Yeah, of course. And what is your process when you sit down to go, okay, I'm going to paint something? How do you start? Oh, well, I usually have a long list of paintings I want to (laughs) do. So I have a never ending list of what I want to do. Um, sometimes like, because I do conventions, a lot of the time it's like, okay, what do I, what have people been asking me for a lot? So if there's something that people have been asking me for a lot and it's on my list, I'll try to make that happen. Um, but I definitely, uh, it's hard for me to just like do little bits of painting at a time. I like to marathon it. Mm-hmm. So I like to like lock myself in my studio for days and just work for hours and hours and hours. So Rather than like two hours here, two hours there, you know. How long does a typical, um, I mean, I'm sure with like size, obviously my completely ignorant understanding of art, I'm sure the bigger the painting, the longer it takes, but also I'm sure there's like differences and intricacies as well. How long does it usually take you? Um, you, It's funny you say that. It definitely uh, depends on how much detail for mine. It depends on how much detail there is. Um, I'd say the average is probably 125 to 150 hours. Um, A lot of that's prep work. So I do my paintings like a really old school way and um, it takes longer, but it's, um, you know, it gives me a satisfaction to create them in that way. What's the old school way? I'm so interested. I know, I know, I know nothing (laughs) about painting. Okay. So hold on. So a lot of people um, now they'll, what they'll do is they'll draw it and they'll put it um, into the computer or their iPad or whatever in, um, in a digital format and they'll alter their compositions digitally Okay. and then they'll get it perfect. And then they'll end up painting that composition. Okay. So it's like, it's not digital art because you painted it all by hand, but you can do your layout uh, digitally. Mm-hmm. So I do my layout the way they did back in the sixties <laughs> and I'll draw it and then I'll actually use tracing paper to um, redraw the parts that I wanna keep and, um, or redraw the parts that I wanna fix and then keep the parts I wanna keep. So when I'm done with like a prep for a painting, I'll usually have like 10 to 12 pieces of tracing paper with all my like changes, you know? 
That's so, so much work. That's a lot of hours. Oh my gosh. <laughs> That's not like, yeah, it's a lot of work. It's something I see a lot actually on social media. And I think social media, it's a fantastic platform for artists to show their work sure. and, you know, to market to people. But I always see the comments of, oh my God, why is it so expensive? <laughs> yeah. You know, and I think if you're not a creative person and you don't have an understanding of how much work and how much planning goes into it, you might think, yeah, it's a bit expensive, but you know, it's, it's a one-off thing. What's your opinion of that? Well, and it's, yeah, it's funny you say that too, um, because my original paintings, you know, I sell them for like the bare minimum that I would charge to get rid of them because there's only one. So I'm like, what's the lowest I would be willing to part with this for? And mm-hmm. I don't really make my income much off of those original paintings. Those are kind of like a bonus. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I get paid more from the art prints made from those originals. So mm-hmm. whenever we sell an original painting, it's like a really great bonus to have, you know? Yeah. I think it's a great, you know, way to maybe it's diversifying, you know, instead of just sticking with those original paintings and saying, this is what I'm going to sell. It's, you know what, I'm going to make prints of this, which are a little bit yeah. cheaper, a little bit more affordable, you know, so more yeah, people everyone are going to buy that. Prices. Yeah. Not a lot of people can afford an original painting. So. I mean, it's definitely a goal. Like it's definitely a goal. <laughs> like I want to have an original piece somewhere in the house. Um, yeah. When did you decide, because you spoke there just a little bit about your business, when did you decide to make art your, your career? Um, well, I have kids. So I took a break when I had my kids. I took a break for a few years when they were really little. And then I just started to kind of make them like little paintings of like little characters and um, like comic type things for their playroom and the rooms. And they'd be like, you know, mommy, draw beast, mommy, draw this. And I had never done that before ever. Like that was not what I wanted to do at all. I wanted to do abstract painting (laughs) and galleries, like I said. So I started doing these little drawings for them. And then just for fun, I started posting them on social media, thought nothing of it. I was just like, oh, here's my drawing of, you know, Cinderella or whatever. So it started like blowing up on social media and I was like, Oh, I got like, you know, a hundred followers. This is a way long time ago. I'm like, I got a hundred followers from posting Cinderella. <laughs> like what's going on. Mm-hmm. And so eventually I started like entering contests and then I would win these contests and then it would get like, a, you know, here's, I would get like a 500 followers. And then before that I knew it, it like built up to be, you know, where I had a good amount of people on there and they were like, can I buy your stuff? And I had no intention of selling it. Um, but I was just like, why not? You know? So I started selling it and then it turned into a pretty big business, which we have today. Mm -hmm. I think that's so wonderful that it was almost like your kids were the push to (laughs) be like, here, this is, this is what you're good at. Like accept it finally. You know, I think it's so funny that it took you until, Cause you'd even said like back when you were at school and stuff that you, what you wanted to do, you wanted to do more yeah. abstract stuff. I think it's amazing that it wasn't until mm-hmm. after you've had, you'd had kids that you realized actually this is, this is what I'm going to do. But how much of that was going by what you want to paint and going by, you know, what the market wanted? At first it was just what I wanted to paint. Mm-hmm. Um, it was just me having fun. 
And now I do a little bit of every, I do a little bit of both. Um, right now in my free time, I'm doing, um, actually an, I'm illustrating a travel book, which is oh, wow. really what I want to do. So it's, you know, it's not going to be done fast because I do it in my free time. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. but that's like, you know, uh, I'm really excited about that. Yeah. I think it's great when you can get the balance between, I think, especially when you're creative, you know, we do it because we love it. It's such a privilege yeah. For sure. To have a job doing something you love, because even though it's work and it takes time and there's a lot of other things that come into it, it's still a joy to do. You know, I feel like that when I'm writing and I'm sure you feel like that, you know, when when you're painting. But, you know, it's still a business at the end of the day. So how was it scary stepping up to the plate and saying, you know what, this is going to be my business. This is going to be I'm going to be a self-employed woman. Um, I was never scared about it actually, because I guess I started out with no expectations and, um, little backstory. I was actually, when my kids were little, I was a single mom Mm. and I was like super poor, like Mm -hmm. I couldn't support them. So when I started, you know, making a little money with this art, I was like, I woke up one day and I was like, I can support my kids with this. Yeah. Like this is amazing. So it was an amazing surprise, um, to, you know, I had no expectations, so I was never scared. I was really excited, you know? Yeah. I think that's honestly a wonderful thing. And I also, I think it can give so much hope to so many people out there who are in, you know, the same position. You know, I was raised by a single mom who literally moved heaven and earth. Um, to give me everything that I have I have so much respect for single moms out there I think all of you guys do an incredible job Um, and I just I just love the fact that it came from your kids you know that that little spark to start what has become such a successful business um, was your kids kind of pushing you and being like yeah draw some more (laughs) of this draw some more of this I I honestly think that is just so wonderful and lovely (laughs) but you know you do have your kids you do have your business it must be such a juggle. Oh my God. That's uh, definitely one of the hardest things um, today. So actually what happened. Um, so I actually met my husband years, years ago when my kids were still little. And once I met my husband, he was so much, he's so much help with my business. Like we run it 50, 50. So he was able to kind of help me take it to that next level. So he does, um, you know, I'm, it's funny. I call him my husband slash manager. Um, <laughs> he hates that. He's like, I'm your husband. I'm like, yeah, but you're also my manager. <laughs> um, so um, he, we both just uh, work really hard at managing, like, you know, so that we could be parents and business owners for sure. But mm-hmm. it takes more than one people, more than one person. And uh, we have to delegate a lot. Um, to each other and to other people to um, in order to have time with our kids I'm sure but I think you're setting such a great example for your kids going you know look at mom and dad you know we're following our passions we're being successful you know it shows your kids that they they can do the same I think it's wonderful yeah we're trying (laughs) but you mentioned also you go to a lot of conventions so what's that all about what's that like Um, well, we travel all around the world, uh, doing different, um, comic conventions, pop culture conventions, anime conventions. So, um, 
actually, I'm not going to as many of the conventions right now so that I could stay home with the kids and get paintings done. So my husband right now, he's in North Carolina. He has nine shows in a row that he's doing for me. So I know. <laughs> so it's like, that's a lot. Yeah. So they're, you know, they're definitely worth it uh, to go do. Yeah. Is that because, you know, you take the, I assume the prints or the sketches with you and then obviously people at that convention see it and I assume it's a good boost for business. Yeah, definitely. So we have like a booth at each convention and depending on the convention, we'll either get a little booth or we'll get an enormous setup, which is basically like a traveling store. So um, usually those giant ones I'll also go to and then he'll do the smaller ones by himself. And we fly to the different places and we have it kind of down to a science with this luggage and the weight of the items. And we bring every last print we can in order to get under that weight. And it's, um, it's a lot of work, but it's definitely worth it. Yeah, I think it, honestly, I think it's fantastic. I have so much admiration, you know, for you as a person and, you know, as an artist. Um, but for any women specifically, I'm going to focus this on women out there who are of the same mind to have a creative passion, whether that's painting, whether it's writing, whether it's embroidery, um, anyone who has that passion for being their own boss, what advice would you give them? Oh, well, I've noticed, um, it's definitely different being a boss as a woman. Um, I've had to hear so many comments over the years, um, like, when we're at at these conventions, like, is this your hobby? And it's like, no, I travel to all these things just for the, for fun. Like really? Um, or I wonder how many men get asked that. I'm sorry. I wonder how many men get asked. Oh my gosh. Over the years. So many, or you'll get the, like, um, uh, do you actually make money with this or (laughs) always from men? It's so condescending. It's so bad. And, um, or just like doubting me. If I have like a goal, it's like, you know, just doubting me. And I recently, um, I bought my dream car recently. So I worked really, really hard last year. I saw this, um, uh, new electric car that was coming out and I saw that it was coming out. And I, I told my husband, I'm like, I want that car. And he, like, he kind of laughed, but he's like, Oh my gosh, she's serious. <laughs> so <laughs> I worked my butt off last year and I got the car and I, every time I drive it, it's like, what does your husband do? Oh <laughs> no. So as a woman in business, you're going to have to deal with probably these things. But let me say, every time I hear one of those, it just makes me, it like fuels the fire. It makes me want to be that much better. Mm-hmm. And it makes me want to like, just be better than all of that. Yes. So it's motivation for me to, um, uh, improve. Definitely. Oh, for sure. And just like, <laughs> a to stick it to them and be like, Oh no, oh, gosh. Yeah. I know, my, my husband helps me with my business. It's, it's our thing. So that's yeah, right. why I'm driving this car. <laughs> yeah. I've, I've seen so much of that again on social media and it's something I find incredibly interesting to talk about, you know, social media, specifically people who are creatives, who are, using social platforms to market whatever they're selling. So many of those people are women. And social media is so much 
open for women's business. Oh, and for sure. you see all of these stories of, you know, women being put down, you know, I, who, I can't remember who I was either. I read it somewhere or I saw someone make a video of it, but the amount of men who are very condescending about women becoming influencers or the content oh, creator yeah. kind of culture they're scathing about it because they don't understand it and to a certain extent I think a lot of men are fearful of it because women are now having so much influence they are now (laughs) yeah it's amazing you know they have a platform to talk to other women to show other and be like hey you can be independent you can make good money you can support your kids and here's how to do it and I think honestly I think it's just a wonderful thing I love it too. And that's always on my social media. My social media is 90% females, which I love. Um, because I feel like it's just my, I feel like my Instagram is just a big girl party. Like (laughs) a lot of like female, like, uh, you know, girl bosses on there and we all like run ideas with each other. And it's just such a good support system also. Um, I love that. And I love too, um, that we're not, like selling out, like you'll see a lot on TikTok, a lot of accounts that just get big for like, maybe not the right reasons, yeah. not because of talent, but just for like other reasons. Yeah. And I'm, it's nice to see like talent outweighing mm. some of the other stuff, you know? Mm-hmm. I mean, I think there's also a big focus on community. You know, yeah. it doesn't matter how many followers you have, especially if you're running a business, you know, you want yeah. people who who genuinely value what you have to put out there and are going to engage with you because it doesn't really matter how big your following is. You still recognize no. people commenting, <laughs> don't you? Oh, for sure. It's it's definitely like quality over quantity mm. with that. Mm-hmm. Well, honestly, I think this has been such a fantastic conversation. And I know yeah. that this is going to have inspired so many women um, and men, I'm sure, and all people of, of all. I'm not putting down guys. No. Yeah, no, no, not at all. Um, but if people do want to find you and find your art, uh, where can they do that? Uh, you can find me on meganwithy.com. And you can also find me on Instagram, uh, Megan E. Withy. Yes, perfect. Well, I will put all of the links in the description box anyway, just to make sure that people can get there to check you out. But thank you so much for sitting down with us today, Megan. It has been fantastic. Thank you so much. Thank you guys so much for listening. If you have enjoyed this week's episode, then please don't forget to like, rate and subscribe. Sharing on social media is always a bonus and I will catch you guys next week.